0: The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, principal at Top Sale Strategies, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman, well, first up, an article from Michael Tasner in the Forbes Agency Council. Um, he's the CEO of No Joke Marketing, and he put out the top five digital marketing trends for 2019. And uh, you know, I'm a huge believer in digital marketing, I think it's the way to go these days. Um, and I thought he had some interesting trends. One is artificial intelligence. I think I know I do when I think of AI, I think of things that are kind of way out and maybe on the fringe, but he's recommending that you use AI for tasks like checking out your databases and providing insights for your team, stuff that we would do day in and day out, Uh, data mining, number one. He's also interested in chat box. Um, He's Express surprise that not more chat box are out there, but apparently by 2020 it's estimated that chat box will help businesses save over $8 billion with B each year. They can help with customer service tasks and they can also be used to warm up prospects, scheduled sales appointments, and help make purchases. Uh, Smart speakers and audio. I don't know how many of you out there have Alexa. I do, in fact, sometimes I'm wondering if she's even, if she's listening to me all the time. She may be listening to me now for all I know. Uh, But Michael's suggesting that you optimize your website for voice search and that you first need to understand what your prospects might be searching for. Um, But then you can also take those same, same questions that your prospects are searching for and build it into an FAQ section on your website. I thought that was super smart. Uh, when it comes to influencer marketing, you know, I'm a huge fan of this. He's saying, you know, celebrities are great, but local influencers are better. Um, so do a, a real search in who's making news in your local community and their own uh, social platforms on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, etc. Live video. Um, he loves live video in large part because he says it's a great way for people to experience your brand and your company uh, to provide more transparencies, to really have that connection, too, with your customers live and in real time. has to be part, of course, of a content strategy, and you need to determine what platform you want to work on. So, thank you to Michael for those. Our first profile today is Minority Moms. These are Hispanic moms with at least two kids in the home, average age of 48, average income of about 45,000. These are women that are trying to bridge both of their cultures, both the US and the native cultures. They put their families first, uh, have a lot of duty uh, to themselves and their family, really focused again on the family. Religion plays an important part of their life as well. They consider themselves to be resourceful DIYers. Always looking to improve things around the home. And when they shop, they do it uh, when they need to. Price wins out all the time. They're shopping for sales, looking at that clearance rack, uh, and looking at different stores for the best price as well. How can you intersect these women? Well, they're reading things like Family Circle, Prevention, Good Housekeeping, and Parenting Magazine. They're online watching Fox News, Hallmark, um, and Lifetime as well. And of course, eBay is a big one as well as Disney. Um, Our guest today works a lot with women, specifically women who are in full-time careers, but they can't take it anymore and may want to get out and do something different. Michelle herself had the same journey and now she counsels women on doing exactly that. She's the founder of When I Grow Up. She's also Uh, the co-author of The Declaration of You, which is published by Northlight Books, and she's the teacher of Create Your Dream Career and Ditch Your Day Job. Thrilled to have Michelle on to talk to us about her journey, um, how she helps women launch their own businesses, and what happens when a significant health scare uh, comes on the scene to disrupt your world. Uh, Stick around. Purr Strings returns after the break.
0: First Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers.
2: Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org deadline for entries is january 31st 2019 all winners will have their entry highlighted on the internet advertising competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the web marketing association's 2018 internet advertising competition awards go to www.iacaward.org now Topseos.com, the independent authority on search vendors.
0: Hearstrings is back with the inside track on today's
1: women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Michelle Ward. She's been offering dream business advice for creative women for years, actually, since 2008. Her company's called the When I Grow Up Coach. And you may have heard of Michelle before. Maybe you caught her on an article in the New York Magazine or Huffington Post or Newsweek, even US Today and Forbes, potentially. Um, she's kind of been all over the place. And so I'm thrilled to have her on today because she has a lot of wise counsel for you know how do you build a six-figure business and then what do you do when things go awry which they invariably do. Michelle welcome to the show.
3: Oh thank you so much for having me Maria. I'm so happy to be here. I'm thrilled to have you
1: on and uh, you know I talk to a lot of people who bring business advice onto purse strings and um, you know a lot of their advice comes from their own kind of career journeys and what they've learned mm-hmm. and they've taken those very rich journeys and they turn around and they do a lot of coaching with their own clients. And I think, you know, having, being a relatable person, right? Um, that's, <laughs> that's who we want to work with. You know, people who have had struggles and have had journeys. There's so much to learn from mm-hmm. from people like that. You're one of those. I have <laughs> a
2: feeling.
3: Um, I am guilty of charge. Yes, <laughs> I totally am.
1: Yeah. So we're going to learn a lot from you in the next half hour. But um, but I always start with the basic thing. You know, you had a job, right? Everybody has a job. Mm-hmm. But then you come to the, real, the realization that you want to start something else. So uh-huh. you decided to start the When I Grow Up Coach Full Time in the middle of a recession. Talk about that.
3: Yes. So, you know, back in my past life, I was a musical theater performer. And that was my dream since I was a little girl. And I just wanted to be on Broadway. And I did everything to follow that dream. I went to NYU, Mm -hmm. I studied at Tisch School of the Arts, I got my BFA, Um, I worked on a cruise ship, I was an extra for Saturday Night Live, I did the glamorous and not so glamorous things, mostly the not so glamorous things. And so for me, there were really like these two transitions. The first transition of looking myself in the mirror when I was in my mid to late 20s and saying, I don't want to do this as a grown up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't want this to be my career and while I loved performing and it was such a huge identity piece for me um it it was I did not like the business of show business as a quote-unquote grown-up and so that took me probably about a year to really just come to terms with of oh my gosh if I don't do this thing and I don't follow this then who am I and what should I do with myself and I would say things to people like I don't know what I want to be when I when I grow up and they would laugh and I would say no, but I'm serious because you know, hearing a 27 year old say these things, oh, that's so funny. No, 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 this is my life. Um, and so I really set out, even though at that point in time, I was in my first grown up job. Uh, I I was at a company that, like on paper, should have fit all my needs, but I had a verbally abusive boss, mm-hmm. and I I could not. I just it was bad news um and it was about a year into the job where I was on the subway in New York City I lived on the Upper West Side I worked down in Soho and about one or two stops away from my stop I had to get off the train at Union Square one of the most crowded subway stops and dry heave into the trash can there Mm
2: -hmm. and I thought I
3: must be so sick I got to go. But the job had such a hold on me, and I was so scared of this boss that instead of just getting myself home, I went above ground. I walked about 20 blocks to my office. I got my laptop. I got my BlackBerry, because that's how long ago it was. (laughs) And I said to my colleagues, because my boss wasn't even in the office at the time, I need to work from home. I was just sick on the subway. I got to go. And the second I left the building, I felt fine. And that was Mm. a huge wake-up call for me that I couldn't just even though things would work on paper, even though this job hit so many of my needs, I think deep down I knew that I wouldn't be happy at work unless I was working for myself. And that to me was, you know, what what I called the oh crap balls moment of yeah. just, oh my gosh, this is the hard thing again. I just did the hard thing with acting. Can I just go be an accountant and be happy somewhere or <laughs> be a lawyer or do the traditional things that has a more linear path? Um, and, and when I really dug in to figure out what's that business going to be, I really connected to becoming the coach that I needed at the time to help creative people through their career transitions, because uh, I could not find someone that really understood my unique journey and what I was going through in that moment. And I said, okay, so this is who I'm going to become. And the very first thing I did to reach that goal was to get a new day job, um, get a new bridge job, as I like to call it where I didn't have a verbally abusive boss, where I wasn't expected to, I didn't have a BlackBerry. I didn't have to, do anything off hours, I didn't have needless travel, I got a pay raise, um, I got more benefits than I did previously, and I became an executive assistant in a finance company, mm-hmm. um, and it was it, it, I was there for, for two years and seven months, not that I was counting, <laughs> um, and the very month that I got hired, I, I signed up for my life coaching certification, and I said, this is what I'm doing in parallel, I'm going to this job so that I could leave. So all of that to say, my very long answer to your question is the recession in 2008 when it hit, um, I got married on Sunday and then Monday the recession (laughs) hits. I don't want (laughs) to say I'm responsible, but, um, and, you know, here it was the end of 2009, early 2010. And I think what enabled me to leave and be the one I grew up coach of all like silly, dumb things to do in the middle of the recession when I had a very stable, secure job. Um, I think it was because I had spent almost three years building up to this and I was leaving with a very strong foundation. And now this is something that I work with a lot of my clients on and I teach classes on about what's your plan that will allow you to leave your job and launch your business and build that foundation and a lot of my clients do it a lot quicker than me, um, but I didn't have myself back then. <laughs> so right. it, took me, right. it took me longer. Um, but without that foundation, I never would have just been able to say in the middle of the reception, oh, I want to coach now. Okay, bye-bye, stable job. I, I'm, I'm not a trophy wife. I don't have a trust fund. I wouldn't have been able to do that.
1: Right. And I think a lot of people probably have felt the way you felt, right? Yeah. I can't take this job anymore. Oh my gosh, it's killing me. Mm-hmm. I've got to get out. And one, either they're too scared to make that leap because they can't conceive anything different, right? right. Or. Of course they just quit and they don't have a plan and then it's go- kind of going from bad to worse. Yes. Um, so your parallel pathing kind of having a job so you can have your dream job, mm-hmm. um, you know, w- worked for you and, and you, you kind of had to be your own coach, as you said. Yeah. So now, you know, you coach these other women, I'm assuming mm-hmm. a lot of them are women. Yeah. Uh, and how to make, you know, how do you make that transition? What yeah. is your plan? Um, but you know, it's when you launch, let's say mm-hmm. they've gone alongside you, they've worked your plan, they've done something in parallel to get themselves in good shape, and they officially launch, um, then you have to grow, right? Yeah. You have to grow. Yeah. So yeah. talk about like what's the expectation to getting into a uh One hundred percent salary replacement kind of business, or let's say you want it to be beyond that, right? You want you have loftier uh, financial goals.
3: Of course, it's such a hard question to answer with just well, here's the answer that right for everyone. Right. I mean, I wish I had that formula so that I could say I, w- I would be getting, I don't know, millions of clients. If I said, here's the formula. So that, you know, mm-hmm. the timeline of when you could replace your income or the timeline of when you could surpass it. Um, and ev- I've been, as you mentioned, I've been doing this since 2008 and it kind of blows, blows my mind that I've been at this for more than a decade. And I have countless examples, um, that, that I could use, but to start with myself, What I think is really important, what I hear from my clients all the time, and what they hear from their loved ones, what I heard from my supportive husband is oh, you know, when you could leave your day job or your bridge job, when you make as much money in your business or your side hustle as you do in your regular job. And once you match dollar for dollar, then you know it's time to leave. And then, like, I cry because unless you're a cyborg robot who doesn't need sleep, it's impossible it really really is and so much unnecessary stress and pressure because you can I'm I'm not the person who subscribes to the hustle mentality. Um, I, when I work with my clients they are building businesses that, make them feel fulfilled and valued and light them up and if they are exhausted and they are burning the candle at both ends and they are sludging through their work that is the opposite of what we're trying to do for them and that defeats the whole purpose so i am not one to say okay well, take your you know 40 to 50 hour a week day job and then you got to make sure that you work another 30 hours a week on your book. Br- no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, for me, what was interesting was that when I left my job, um, it was March of 2010. And I think in January and February and March, I brought in like maybe a thousand or $1,500 a month for my business. That was it. And I was at capacity. That was all that I could do. I couldn't take on more than a couple clients at a time. Um, and, and I wasn't able to do any extra stuff. And again, we're, we're going back. So the landscape looks, looks different now with what you're offering, but I couldn't get out. I couldn't do group programs. I couldn't get out an ebook. I couldn't do any of that stuff while I was working. I just didn't have the capacity. Um, but I knew that I had such a strong foundation and I had new inquiries coming in often. And I was like on a wait list because I could only handle two or three clients at a time Mm -hmm. that I went, okay, even though there's only $1,500 on average coming in every month, I have saved up and I have my, you know, severance, even though I wasn't getting any severance from work because I was quitting I was saving myself a severance and I realized oh in March when I get my bonus one good thing about corporate America and uh and working in finance is that bonus when I get my bonus um uh, and I put it towards a severance I'll have like five months severance and I can Mm -hmm. make five months severance Mm -hmm. last seven or eight months if I'm smart about it and so I think I have enough, even though I haven't replaced my salary, I have enough to go on that I could be comfortable for a while and I don't have to press the panic button. I don't have to worry about getting a waitressing job or Mm -hmm. going back to corporate America for quite some time and I can really give this my all. And I left in March and man, I was as comfortable and confident as anyone could be, but I was still scared. To death of what am I doing mm-hmm. um, but I think it was April or May I launched my first ebook and then I think in June I put together um, a group program and all of a sudden I think was it March I left April I had another like thousand dollar two thousand thousand dollar month and then in May I had a four thousand dollar month mm-hmm. and then it was consistent from there and then it grew and my first calendar year from March to March I made my base salary. That That's I made awesome. So, so from there, um, I felt like, you know, there's been nothing but growth. But I also, it took me about five years to build my business to a six-figure business. Um, and I have clients that, do it a lot quicker. I have clients that do it slower because that's what works for them because mm-hmm. they actually like their day job and they're not in a rush to leave um, or they want a lot of money for their severance and that's what they're comfortable with. So everyone is is really different, although I absolutely see the threads and I'm able at this point 11 years later to say, here are the things that I know everyone needs yeah. in, order to, in order to leave and
1: put your best – Foot forward yeah, yeah, you're playing right into my evil hands because oh, that was that was my next question is there has to be some basic fundamentals,
3: right? Yeah, yes. so give yes. quickly give us what those are. Um, I think that you know the, the severance piece, the money mm-hmm. piece. i've I've I, you know, <laughs> part of the reason why I called myself when I grew up uh, was because of the joke I made and and people would would respond back in my when I was leaving acting. But also because I work with grownups, and when you're a grownup, you have different needs and values and responsibilities. And I do not. I work with some. You know, I'm 25, and I love them when they come to me that young. But Mm -hmm. those aren't the women that I usually work with because they 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 could go live with five roommates, and they could go like backpack through Europe and live in hostels, and like they're going to take the risks and they don't need the job and it's fine. I work with the women who are like, hi, I need to pay my mortgage. I need to feed my kids. I want to not give up my family vacations. I want, I want to be traveling. We have these different sets of rules and, and guidelines. So the money piece I think is really important. And I, and from what I have learned from my clients over the last 11 years, and what I experienced myself is that this is something we just will not look at for a very long time and make the worst assumptions about. So I wind up putting my client's feet to the fire, so to say, and say, you need to look at the money that you have available. You need to look at your expenses. You need to look, and I'm not like a, a finance coach or a money coach in any way, shape or form. So I don't get super micro into this, but the vast majority of the time when my clients actually sit down and look at things as opposed to just making assumptions about what they have and they don't have, they go, you know, I'm actually so much better off than I thought I was, or, you know, I don't actually need to save as much as I thought I did. Um, And so all of a sudden their timeline shrinks. So, so there's definitely a a severance piece, a nest egg, a, I call, I called it uh, in the savings account I had for it, my like, Suck it, name of the company I worked for. <laughs> 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 I knew it was just, that was my goodbye. Um, so I think that's a big piece. I think, obviously, you need, like, an offer that brings in money. And you'd be surprised. I feel dumb even saying this. But but some people are like, well, I have this blog. Or I have, like, I think maybe I'm going to go to Farmer's Market and bake. Cook. Like, you got to go do it and figure out, what's my offer? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's the price? And you have to have a real live offer product that brings in money. Right. Um, Right. I think you have to have an online presence. Uh, I, I want my clients to have a website. I have had, I had a very good friend launch an interior design business with really only a a Facebook page for like a a year or so, um, and she did it, and she got clients, and she utilized the heck out of that Facebook page with her portfolio and um, a testimonials from her clients, and and she had a, a local business that wasn't wasn't online, and utilized that. But I feel like she's the exception. I always want someone like go on Squarespace, <laughs> mm-hmm. learn Squarespace make an online presence that does the selling for you. That is your biggest and best marketing tool that does the heavy lifting. And that makes you proud because when you are able to leave your job and especially if you're doing something silly like I did and going from finance to the, one I grow up coach, um, and people go, are you out of your mind? Uh, and, you know, you have to do what you can to, to, to detach from that. But when you're able to say, no, well, actually I've been working on this for three years and this is who I work with and blah, blah, blah. And here's my card. I'd love for you to check out my website. You could see more what I do. And you know, when they go to their website, they're going to go, Oh, this is a real business. Mm-hmm. You need that offer on there. You need the about page, you need um, contact and you need a homepage. That's it. The end, like phase one, I think we all get really tangled up in. Well, I need a website, and I need the best website designer ever on the planet, and a developer. And unless I have ten thousand dollars to build this site, I better no, 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 no. You hear me? Like getting upset <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> at an imaginary yeah. person. But this is <laughs> this is where I go crazy. Um, so it's the money, it's it's the online presence, it's the website, and then it's opening your mouth and telling your people. Um, I've had one client in 11 years who found their first client because their client Googled something and found their website and hired them. And when mm. that happened, I fell over because I have never, I would, I would always say, if you get your first client as someone, some stranger on the internet, I will fall over and I did. Um, of my clients get their first clients or their first customer, their first orders from people that they know or people that they know, talking them up to other people that they know who are the right people. And if you just save your money and put up your site, this is not field of dreams. They will not find you. They will not come. You got to sound the horn and, and be, you know, just speak up. It's really hard. It's that's might be the hardest part actually.
1: Well, and let's say they've they done all that, right? What? If they're working with you, they have, right? Yeah, they, totally, they totally. Um, what? I mean, there are going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. and uh-huh. And, you know, when you're doing something you love, as you said earlier, and you're, and you're working really, really hard to make your dreams a reality, that's okay. But there's still a lot of pressure. How do you handle the stress that comes along with having, you know, and launching your own business?
3: I think you have to just be really, really kind to yourself. Um, you know, I have a program called 90 day business launch that has become super popular. Yay. And I love it. Um, And I tell the women when we first start, when we're day one, and day one is a six hour day, just me and my client, and we are getting the whole plan in place. And I say to them, here's the thing that I need to whisper to you, because I want you to hear this, but I also don't want you to dwell on it because I don't want us to get off course. But like, there is no 90 day business lunch police that is gonna knock on your door, after 90 days and bring you to jail if you don't launch. If you launch on day 95, if you launch on day 100, if you launch on day 110, it's okay. And and we have follow-up sessions every month. So I'm, I'm with them for these 90 days and we adjust things. And like, yes, the aim is that we follow the rules and we do the work and we keep showing up. And what I think is really important about the framework is that It lets us practice imperfect and done. It lets us aim for the B minus. And I work with highly creative, super smart, very motivated, very driven, very perfectionistic women who will literally tell me, Michelle, I have not gotten this business off the ground because I don't know what template to choose in Squarespace and it stopped me for (laughs) a year and a half. Like, and I just can't move forward. And so it's having them practice, showing up, make a decision. It's also having them really be able as a side effect to figure out what their own best time management techniques are, what their own project management tips are. And I've had clients that say that said to me, Michelle, I am worthless Monday to Friday after work. I cannot do it. But if I wake up half an hour early and I just do something for 20 minutes, that sets the tone for my day. And I'm off and running or I am not a morning person and I can't do it. So I have blocked off my mornings on my weekends for the next three months. And that's going to be my business building time. And that's what works for them. We're going to have to, as a business owner, you have to adjust when life gets in your way. You have to adjust. I'm literally talking to you right now, Maria, after having two really bad nights sleep. You yeah. better believe that I took a nap at 11 o'clock this morning and, <laughs> and yesterday too. And I could have slugged through it and I could have done whatever, or I could have said, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to cancel my podcasting, and I'm just yeah. going to sit and, you know, and you got to show up, but you have to also manage your expectations, manage your own energy and, you know, calling yep. back the original thought of like, you are not worth anything to anybody if you are A burnt piece of toast. So you need to learn. I don't want to say balance because I feel like balance doesn't really exist, but you need to learn how to ride the ebbs and flows, not push yourself too hard when you really can't go there. Give yourself some space and some compassion while still taking baby steps because to me baby steps build the strongest foundation
1: right and it's consistency you know yes. to uh, that point doing something consistently every day to build your business I totally agree thank with you. you thank you um we're going to take a quick break and when we come cool. back I'm gonna I'd love for you to share your perspective on what happens when the unexpected happens because oh. it happened to you so yeah, everybody stick good. around more from michelle ward in just a moment
0: her strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers
2: and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. WebmasterRadio.fm WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on wpengine.com.
0: Her Strings is back with the Inside Track on today's
1: women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back. I've been chatting today with Michelle Ward. She's the founder of When I Grow Up, where she offers all kinds of marvelous business advice for creative women looking to make a change in their career. She's also the co-author of The Declaration of You and the teacher of Create Your Dream Career and Ditch Your Day Job. Um, We've been talking about the building blocks that need to be put in place for those people considering taking that leap from their day job to a new job, and what really needs to happen uh, with the ebbs and flows, how to, you know, get your head around those things that are going to just crop up and dealing with the stress. Um, but there's also the other thing that often happens, Michelle, is you know you're just going along just fine, and then a really big unexpected things. Ha- Thing happens such as perhaps an unforeseen health scare and you you know you're the one running your business there's no backup there's no back mm. office, there's no additional arms and legs. Mm. Can you share your own experience um, with this and how you managed to get it all done?
3: Sure so I left my job in March of 2010. And in November of 2011, when I was 33 years old, I got a diagnosis of stage one breast cancer. And it was something that was very unexpected. (laughs) Obviously stops your life in your tracks. Um, And there was so much to be grateful for with it. Number one was that it was caught very early. Um, Number two, I had access to world class doctors living in New York City. And number three, because my husband was still um, an employee, a full-time employee for an advertising agency. Uh, he's since gone freelance, but, but at the time he worked for an advertising agency full-time. We had really good insurance. And so, you know, the initial shock wears off and you kind of just breathe and go, okay, we're okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, at this moment in time, uh, I'm the, the breadwinner for my family and my husband does maybe a, a handful of, of freelance Um, advertising, copywriting gigs every year. um, And there would be a different, different thing that, that happens. Um, But back then it was, you know, we were able to take a deep breath and say, okay, this isn't bankrupting us. Um, This is, it really felt back then, like, this is a blip in our story. This is Mm. something to get through. And there's a lot here that is totally unknown. And I think the big piece is like, there's a blessing and a curse of having all of that kind of autonomy and time freedom where, you know, I had client sessions on the calendar and I had programs I was running and things I was doing. But if I was back at that finance job, I would have had to either apply for a leave of absence and try to do all that stuff or say, okay, well, I could do chemo at 10 o'clock in the morning and then go back to work at 1, or I guess I'll have to go back to work um, the next day. And, like, there's someone else dictating the schedule. I found it a very big relief and a very big release that I got to do work that I love, that I got to dictate um, when I could show up to work and when I had to kind of shut things down. And immediately I knew what was going to be affected was going to be showing up to client sessions as my best self. And what I was worried about was, oh my gosh, if I schedule a session with Mary on a Tuesday at one o'clock, if I wake up on Tuesday at 10 a.m. and I don't feel well, I, don't, I, I, I can't come and give Mary a session not as the best mm-hmm. version of myself and feeling sick. Not fair to me, not fair to, to Mary. So I initially thought to myself, okay, well, I need to just take everything off the calendar that is like a scheduled appointment um, so that I don't put that pressure on myself. And immediately it was like, it was almost even worse than the diagnosis because I was taking away the thing that I love doing the most. Um, And there's a piece, there's almost a piece of this business that's similar to acting for me, because when I get to step into my work and be the one I grow up coach, yes, it's still me. It's not like a role that I'm playing, but I'm able to leave all my stuff behind and really focus on my clients or really focus on, you know, the article that I'm writing or the thing that I'm teaching or whatever I'm brainstorming. And it helps me just get away from it. And I need that escape. And Mm -hmm. so what I wound up doing over the course of, of, of my treatments, um, and for that diagnosis, I had chemo, I had two lumpectomies, I had, um, a bilateral mastectomy, which I call my boobal removal. Um, you know, when I had my surgery, I took the month off and said, okay, I'm taking the whole month of no clients. And uh, (laughs) me being me, after a week or two, I went, I think it would be a good idea to totally redo my website. And I wound up contacting my, like, I just couldn't help myself. Uh, The weeks of chemo, I had chemo, I think every three weeks. And the whole week of chemo, I wouldn't have calls. Um, And I would have calls on the other two weeks. And I just gave, gave myself that time. I gave myself that space. Um, and that was really important. And because I work with the most incredible, wonderful, supportive, kind women, when I told my clients via a ukulele song that I wrote and posted <laughs> to my blog and my YouTube page um, and Facebook, um, they, I got nothing but total understanding mm. and love and support. And that was, that was key. That was oh, yeah so so you know i i i went and, and i got through that and and unfortunately the the cancer came back in um september of 2015 and so it, that was a different a different landscape but a, a similar kind of plan business-wise um at that point though we, we had a daughter who was about a year and a half i was definitely earning more of the income um, my husband was a freelancer too. And so, you know, I was able to, I, I, I did a very similar thing where I said, I'm slowing down and, and I'm not going to put as many calls and I'm going to be really clear and communi- communicative with my clients. But I did not want to stop things in its tracks. That would have been awful for me. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, what we talked about earlier where um, you can't burn yourself out and you have to show up as your, as your best self and you have to learn how to quote unquote balance whatever is being thrown at you with how you could show up for your work. And there are times where you have to, there are times that you could step on the gas. And the women I work with, I think want to step on the gas all the time because that's how we're wired. And if they stop stepping on the gas, they think, Oh my God, like this is, going to implode people are going to leave and I'm going to lose my uh-uh. We have, there are times that you have to take your foot off the gas. There are times you have to um, put your foot on the brake. There are times you have to put the car in park and just let it sit. Um, and so I really had to, had to do that for myself in a big, big way.
1: It sounds like that you've come through that and the, and the business is stronger than
3: ever. Yeah. So it's it, yeah. possible, right? I mean, oh, a million percent.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you learned how to put those priorities in order and back off when you needed to and Uh put yourself first Mm -hmm. and whether or not you have a health incident like you had twice (laughs) but uh, how crazy Um, or not I think those are important lessons Mm -hmm. that we we need to be mindful of um, just in our day-to-day because I think as an entrepreneur you can so get wrapped up in and just the work and you have to remind yourself why am I doing the work right Right. what are
3: those other priorities well it's interesting because now I really see my (laughs) ever since the cancer it's amazing how you could grow your business so fast when you don't have cancer Um, Uh but my business has really um, you know really grown over the last two years and all of a sudden I see oh I see what this business looks like as a half million dollar business or a million dollar business but I have to now actively I go, do I want to manage a million dollar business? Is this going to take the time away from my family? Is this, I I don't want my business to be an all consuming thing where I have to manage a hundred people and whatever. And so um, this is what I love about being a business owner too, that I get to decide how this business grows Mm -hmm. and and make it work for me with, with my new evolved needs and, and, and priorities and values. Well,
1: and not only do you get to do that, but you get to help others do that, and I yeah. want to make sure people know where to find you, so if you are interested in what Michelle had to say today, and why wouldn't you be, you want to go on to whenigrowupcoach.com, you can learn more about her uh read some of her resources there and also get in contact with her there michelle thank you so much for being on the show today thank you maria it was my pleasure and thanks to my producer george and join me right here next week for another edition of purse strings until then make it a great one